Yo, yo, what up, what up? Welcome to the WTF Should I Do With My Life podcast. I am your host and life coach, Jacob Sokol. And this podcast is specifically designed for the people in our generation, like you and like me, who are looking to figure out how to live with more happiness, more success, and overall just more excitement. And doing that while navigating the current challenges that exist today. This is not a podcast for your grandparents, your parents, or even maybe your older siblings, but really for you, for where you are and what's going on these days. So today's interview is with Helen Evans, who I am excited to share with you. She joined us for our last Bali retreat, Dharma Dollars and Dopeness. And I always love supporting people who are staying on the path and deeply committed to living with a deep purpose. So Helen is one of those people and she stayed up nice and late until the wee hours of the morning in Australia. I can't not help say that with my New York accent, Australia. And uh, yeah, it was great. I love talking with her. And you know, her philosophy and her uh, website is about living a hell yeah life. And so that means saying no to the things that are kind of cool or kind of nice or, yeah, I guess that would be nice to do that and really making the discernment between it's either a hell yeah, that would be amazing or it's a no, like I'm not going to do that. And this is a philosophy that I've also been inspired by much and created a lot of my life using. And, you know, I think it's cool because I, in this interview, go into what it looks like for me to bring that philosophy up at this point in my life. And it's a little bit different than what you might expect. And it might be a little bit different than where you are, but I'm excited to share that. And we also go into the the challenges and the strategy for leaving a job that doesn't necessarily fulfill you. She asks me things like, where do I get my confidence from? And how do I deal with uncertainty and much other goodness? So I'll stop talking now so we can jump in and shoot me a tweet at Jacob Sokol. Let me know your favorite big idea, your biggest takeaway, all that good stuff. And let's do this. Okay, Jacob, how are you going? It's been a long time. It has. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really, really well. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to have this uh, interview with me. This is so exciting. Let me introduce you to all our people that are going to be watching this. This is... Uh, the man who founded Sensify, a place where people try and work out what the fuck should I do with my life um, and live a life on soulful purpose. Uh, he's been described as a cross between Jay-Z and Deepak Chopra and is the original spiritual gangster, my original spiritual gangster. Anyway, I don't have any others. So, <laughs> Mr. Jacob Suckle, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. And, you know, is it is it the middle of the night for you? It is 1.30 a.m. in the morning, yes. <laughs> I That's just... amazing. <laughs> I, love, I love your tenacity and your ambition, and I kind of feel like we're having, like, a late-night slumber party, so this, <laughs> I'm so stoked. I had a, an hour power nap beforehand. I've got my pajamas below the waist and uh, some <laughs> other clothes here, so... I'm, I'm ready to go back to bed, but I'm right here, happy and awake now, excited, the heart's pumping, adrenaline's going. Well, 
<laughs> I'll see if I can put you to bed with what I say. We'll make that the objective. No, 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 no. We don't want that. So um, let me just start off by asking you, um, this is going to be part of the hellyearlife.com. Um, you're the first person I've interviewed for this series that I'm doing, which is um, to interview people who I find inspiring and who are living a life on purpose and who I feel can be um, useful in so many ways to people um, and people who I want to spread their message. So let me ask you, what is your own definition of living a hell yeah life? Mm, Great question. And I see it both on the kind of macro and micro level, meaning my philosophy for living as a whole and then kind of how that shows up in the day-to-day, moment-to-moment. So uh, hell yeah life for me means being aligned with the things that matter most to me. So what are, the, what are my core values? What are the things that I actually, when I have these things in my life, that I'm the most fulfilled? And for me, those look like things like, Um, freedom and growth and authentic connection and love and a sense of contribution and excitement. And so I know that when I do things that, uh, that allow me to express these values of mine, that that's a hell yeah life for me. And it changes from, from time to time. It usually involves that growth piece of it usually involves stretching myself in a way like you're doing now where it's like, this is new for me. Like, holy fuck, this is a bit uncomfortable, but I know that I want to be doing this. And like, I hope it goes well, but like, there's a chance it won't go well. And like, <laughs> then at the same time, like, I'll still learn from things, something from it no matter what. And I'll like pick myself back up. And obviously this is going to go and is going great just so you know. But, <laughs> but as a whole, that's kind of the, that's the hell yeah life. It's like, are you willing to live with your heart pounding and take your self-worth off the line knowing that everything is an experiment and we just get to learn as we go. And it doesn't mean that we're enough or we're not enough, but we can test things and try things and play with things and see what sticks and what doesn't and have fun in the process. So for me, that's the kind of larger hell yeah uh, life. And then mm-hmm. as, uh, as a moment-to-moment practice, really checking in with, well, am I, am I doing this just because I feel like I should be doing this, whatever this is, you know, going out to dinner with someone, responding to an email, taking on a project. Um, Am I doing it because I feel like it's the right thing to do or because it's actually in my heart something that I want to do? And then there's a kind of a notch up from that, which is like, okay, like, well, I do want to be doing this, but like, do I really want to be doing this, right? Like, so, okay, so like, I want this, but like, do I really want this or am I just like, kind of wanting it because part of it is cool and then there's like the notch up from that which is like no 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 no. like is this the most exciting fucking thing I could be doing with my life hands down I'm so stoked to be making this decision and I love orienting towards that place and I've also found that it can be a trap to only take action when you find that but that you get into momentum and start to see opportunities that you wouldn't see when you are in momentum and then from that place as you're moving and as things are going along, then to become more and more discerning over, well, this would really be a hell yeah for me where this other thing wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. I love all of everything you said as always, (laughs) as always you speak so eloquently and, and everything you say is just like, just, you know, just hits really, really well. And, uh, I'd like to ask, obviously, there was a, a blog article written by Derek Sivers that was um, 
you know, living the hell yeah life or hell, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a hell no. Um, mm. uh, which, which, you know, sort of inspired me somehow subconsciously um, to do this. And so I'm wondering, what, what are you learning to say no to more in your life now? Hmm. Uh, great question. Love Derek Sivers, by the way. Just got his brand new book. It's on my coffee table outside. Oh, I think great. It's called Any, Anything You Want is the name of the book. Super, like, it's like an hour-long read, but it's, of course, leave it to me. It's taken me a week to read it, which is hilarious. I, I really didn't know anything about him until I heard um, the podcast with Tim Ferriss the other day, and I was like, man, this guy's a dude. You know, I just briefly yeah. read that blog post and just thought he was like a nobody, and then I'm like, oh, no, he's like... He's done a lot. <laughs> so. You can also watch his talk at the World Domination Summit. I think it's oh, it's available publicly right now. So if you Google Derek Sivers World Domination Summit, it should come up. And check that out. So what is it for me that can you can you, it was a great question. Can you say it again the way that yeah, you said just the question? Like what are you learning to say no to? Like there are so many things that you know, when you become on, on purpose that you want to, you know, you've, you've worked out, yes, I really want to do this. So, so what are the things nowadays that you're learning to, to say no to and finding, you know, easier and easier to say no to? So it's funny. I'm actually on the other end of the spectrum right now, which is I'm starting to say yes to some things that because I've lived in such a like hell yes or hell no manner for the last two years, really, mm. I've become a bit tunnel vision in my perception of what would be a hell yeah for me because I'm like, no, no, like I know that it's a hell yeah when I do things this way. And one of my strengths and weaknesses is that when I have a vision, which doesn't always happen, visioning for me isn't something that necessarily it's like a secret strength or even a strength of mine. But when I get a vision and I'm committed to it, I'm tunnel vision on it. I'm like, nothing's going to distract me from this thing. Uh, and so the, the weakness, the downside to that would be sometimes there are great opportunities that I dismiss. Mm -hmm. And so for me right now, what that looks like is actually kind of opening up to, well, what could be a hell yeah for me that previously I've discounted as a no because it was just a yeah? And perhaps how could I do some things that I previously thought I wouldn't want to do, and, and if I were to do them, what would make them a hell yeah for me? So, for instance, I'm launching a podcast, which previously I'm like, no, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, I don't business wise, I don't see how it like fits into my business ecosystem, and like, how does that actually bring people into our? So, just opening myself back up to like, wait, no, actually, podcasts are great. Like, could be great, and I don't know. We'll we'll try it. Um, also, one on one coaching. I really have only done worked with two people one-on-one -on -one in the last two years. Now, I've worked with, I don't know, 70 people or something during this time, but they've been in group programs and retreats and things like this. And so I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe it could be fun to do some one-on-one -on -one if it was a person who I was inspired to work with, who was like clearly taking action and ambitious and had their heart in a good place. And so it's for me, I'm actually kind of on the other end of that pendulum, I feel like right now, which is saying like, more more momentum, more like, okay, open up to the possibilities of what could be a hell yeah instead of uh, being so narrow-minded and know it needs to be this way in order for it to be a hell yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting to, 
to see the you know the process of like yeah you you being so sort of focused for the last couple of years knowing what you want and I think that's that's really the the key that I found is is getting clear about what you want and and taking action and and making things happen and what I'd really like to um, sort of go back to back to you the time when you were um, working in IT and uh, you know young and started to feel um, disillusioned with your successful job and what what was it at that time that um, sort of was the catalyst for you to to take that chance start traveling who were you influenced by was it something you were reading can you remember like what what was it that made you think this isn't the only way it has to be have you ever felt like like a zombie like where like you're here in your physical self but like you're actually like detached from it and like you're just so in your head that like you actually your your experience of being alive is one where you're just there and you're so self-conscious and you're in your head talking and talking like should I move this way should I do that thing like oh my god I can't believe this is happening over there like oh what a, you know and like this was my experience of life not every day I had my ups and downs I had my highs I had my lows but I felt like a zombie I felt like I wasn't allowed to really be who I was. Like I have a fire inside of me and I felt like that wasn't allowed to come out. And I didn't even realize it was in there because I was told that it's not allowed to be in there. And so like my my flame, the, the burner, which we light the stove with, right, was on like this little, 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 little thing because I didn't have the condition. I didn't have the kind of circumstances, the environment, the confidence within myself to really turn that flame up and and like really express myself as would have been most fulfilling to do. And so for me, you know, what was it that got me to to take a leap and, and leave this job? Well, it was really just pain. Like I was suffering because I was so in my head. I remember I, I declared I was going to see a therapist and everyone, oh, oh my God, Jacob. Wow, are you okay? What's wrong? Yeah, how long has it been that way? Wow, and you're you're comfortable telling people you're going to see a therapist? You sure? That's a you might want to keep that to yourself. Yeah, I remember seeing a client who was coming out of my therapist's building, not to see my therapist. I think she might have lived there or something, or visiting a friend, and she was like, "Oh, hi, Jacob. What are you doing here?" Uh, and I'm like, "She's like, do you live here?" And I'm like, "No, I'm actually going to see my therapist." And she's like, "Oh." Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Take care. Right. And there's like this like social stigma around, you know, what's, what's wrong with this person? If they're actually going to go, you know, to Bali on a retreat, they must, there must be something wrong with them or go see a therapist or go to a meetup group or join Sensify's inner circle. There's gotta be something like, yeah, they're going to go join a cult. Something yeah. really weird about yeah. these people. Right. And the reality is, is like we live in a society that is fucked up and I'm super grateful and every day alive is like a day where I count my blessings and I'm like, man, this is really heaven on earth despite all the insanity, despite my own sickness at times, my own frustration, my own inner turmoil that does exist and comes up. The reality is, is like we're, we're living in heaven right now. You know, if you're watching this right now, man, we got a good. We got it very and good. And, and part of that is like, well, 
then I felt guilty because I knew this. I knew I had it good, so why couldn't I just be happy? The reality is, is that happiness has been glorified. It's been turned into a product. It's been turned into social control, meaning that if you are not happy, then society says there's something wrong with you. And to be human means to experience all emotions, even the unpleasant ones, which society will say are negative emotions, but they're not negative. They're just uncomfortable, unpleasant, because we haven't been given an education on how to navigate sadness, on how to navigate disappointment and anxiety and fear. And when we see it in other people, we want to fix it, fix it, Mm -hmm. because we feel like, what do I do? I don't know how to handle this. I'm so uncomfortable to see you that way, right? Uh, And and emotions are contagious. And if I kind of sit with you long enough, I am going to want to disconnect from you so that I don't have to feel that thing also. And so... Going back to where I was, you know, in that job, I just didn't have a uh, a language and a skill set to be able to deal with being trapped in my head, feeling like I was in a trance, like I was like hypnotized to the society beat that didn't actually allow me to feel myself and be with myself. Like I couldn't really express who I was and what was there because I didn't even really know who I was and I had all this shame around not being man enough, not being smart enough, not being funny enough, not being et cetera, et cetera. And if I were to like let my guard down, then it could probably slip out and you would realize that I was not enough and then the whole world would know and like I would just have to be this sucky person, right? And, and so I could kind of go on and on, but for me it was just like I, I ignored the fact that there were things that weren't working until it got to the point where it was just inignorable anymore. Like I, I just had to realize like I'm willing to do anything because I can't go on like this forever. And so for me, that was like, I don't know what to do, but in my, you know, I have this curiosity. I heard that I should go to Europe. Like I really want to go explore and travel and like, I'm going to go before I'm 25. And I was, I told myself that for about a year and, and then I did. And I, I went and, blew up my sense of what was, you know, how life could be lived, what was possible and who I was because I wasn't constantly around the people who were always affirming to me, oh, Jacob, you're this way. And I just got to be myself as I was and through that process discovered great parts of myself that I had never realized were there. Yeah, yeah. I I resonate with that a lot as well. Like um, I actually just resigned from my, another job this week. I'm it's getting easier and easier to do nowadays. Like I have no problem with it now. It's like this doesn't feel good anymore. It doesn't align with my values. Like boom, I'm out of here. Like, um, and uh, one of the things it, it, that I'm surrounded by in the workplace that I'm in is like so many people. Like, oh, how do you do that? I'm, I'm, I'm I know I just can't leave. Like I'm, you know, I need the money, and I, they just they just don't know. They don't see any way out, and. Um, I guess, like, for, for me and for you, like, you know, we realize that the, the pain is so much, you know, thinking about, okay, if I'm here for another year, what will that be like? Um, and, the, and the pain of leaving and not knowing what's going to happen is, is a lot less than knowing, like, the life that would carry on if you were stayed in the same space. Like, for me, it's a very easy thing to, to work out. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen now, but I know that I'm, you know, a good person with a good heart that is capable of doing many things and you know if I need money I can wash dishes and it's not a problem 
Um, but the pain of being in somewhere where I feel sick going to work and I feel like there's just bad energy is just like, no, nah, that's not, mm-hmm. I can't do that. So, Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really, um, I really want to help these people who feel like they, there's no way out. They don't know what they want to do with their life. They, they, they just feel so trapped. Um, and I, and I, and I know I, I'm not meant to fix people um, and help them. But when I have people coming to me and I, and I try and give them options, I, I, like it's just I just see this like no, I'm, I can't do that. I'm trapped. And so, mm. what what's your advice for somebody who maybe in debt, who who doesn't have that you know, security of any money, um, but wants to start to sort of raise their energy and feel better about their life and work, you know, an escape plan, like take, taking action. Is there anything that you would offer? I think it's individual for everyone. So I would start by having someone ask themselves, what need of mine is not being met right now? And just to pay attention to that, you know, even in this moment, what what need of mine or in my life right now, what need of mine is not being met? And to figure out how to bring that need into their life, whatever that is, whether that's the need for authentic connection, to feel like you're making a difference, to feel validated for being who you are without being chopped down when you actually share your truth and what's in your heart. Whatever that is, I would pay attention to what need of mine is not being met how can I get that met now? And, and I'd start there. Mm. Um, leaving a job is something that I think we often think will be the magic solution. And it's not. It's not it, <laughs> it definitely brings you into this whole new portal of a universe, right? But it's not the cure-all fix-all. And at the same time, I, I've done it. And I would encourage people to do it when and if it makes sense. Um, but really to look at this as a long-term vision and knowing that there's no quick fix that within two months suddenly all of your pain is going to be gone. All of your problems are going to be solved. Like this, is, this is life. There's certain things we can do that are highly leverageable that when you do these things, life will get that much better. But the reality is, is that we want to zoom out and really look at it from a 10-year perspective mm-hmm. and say, okay, so – Society is telling me to be safe, secure, reasonable, and in control. And in order to do that, I need to stay in this job and make this paycheck, et cetera, et cetera. But that's actually very short-minded thinking. That's actually very fear-based, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, I'm under attack. You know, there, there's a craziness to that story, a kind of disillusionment to that narrative of if I leave my job, then I'm fucked zoom out and look at like the 10 year vision and look at like, well, where do you want to be in your life in 10 years? And you're not going to know. I don't know. I mean, most people don't know unless Jimmy Fallon (laughs) knew he wanted to be on Saturday night live, you know? And like, I always admire people like that who are like, yeah, (laughs) like, you know, exactly what you want to do. You're going to work exactly for like, I'm I'm not that person. And I find sometimes wish I was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, when we have this long-term perspective and we realize like your self-worth is not on the line, your safety is not actually jeopardized. It's, it's psychological. Like worst case scenario, you could go to a homeless shelter and get fed some food or sleep on the couch of a friend or move back in with your parents or live in a house that is half the rent that you currently live in or eat canned food or whatever it is. 
there's some there's some drastic changes that you can make and might need to make in order to bring into this life what's missing. Um, one of the things that I find so so let me finish that thought. So looking at that from a long-term perspective, then you can say, okay, well, what's most important to me? What are my core values? What are the things that when I live in alignment with these things, like we mentioned, then my life is most fulfilled? And, uh, and you know, how can I start to experiment and play with bringing more of that into my life? So I would, I would keep that in mind. And then one other thing that everyone who's watching, I really encourage you to do is look at your relationship with money. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that some people might be in debt. L- look at your relationship with money and look at what does money mean to you. And one way you can do that is there's a little exercise. If you were to just write money is and then just finish that sentence. So money is safety, money is freedom, money is possibility, money is success, money, whatever that is for you, write it 30 times and it's going to get tough around the eighth one. You're going to be like, oh, I can't do 30. But that's when the good stuff happens. That's when you start to get to like, oh, money is like love. Like if I have money, then I can be loved. Like really go into it. And these are your beliefs about money and then you can work with a coach like Helen or you can work with a friend or you can do this yourself, although it's usually helpful to have kind of someone who can reflect back to you parts that you can't see yourself and question, well, is that actually true? Does money actually equal safety? If you had money right now and I put you in the middle of Syria right now, right, with no cell phone but a bunch of money, like is are you as safe there as you are you are in Brooklyn with me right now with no money. Like, what's what's safer? Mm. Uh, so, does money always equal safety? You know, and then we can start to question this. Does money equal love? Like, I don't know. If you were to go to a Buddhist temple right now, right? Like, would they, would they love you more if you had money? Right. So, does money always equal love? And you can start to get a little bit deeper into some of these unconscious beliefs that we have that govern the way we run our life. And when we look at these, we can expose them for what they are, which is not necessarily true. And then the question is, is this helpful or not? Uh, is this working for me or not? And just being honest with ourselves and then we can, uh, we can figure out what actions make sense. Mm, I love that. I think um, money is, is a bigger problem in most people's lives than we realize. It's, it's, it's still a topic today that we don't really like to talk about. It's awkward. You don't know what anyone's earning. It's, we just don't really deal with it enough. And uh, so many issues surrounding you from your past, from childhood, to, you know, things that you, you've heard from, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You have to work hard for money. And, yeah, it's a huge thing. So I'm going to be doing that exercise myself as well just to... <laughs> Yeah. yeah so and it's, it's you know, there's, there's shame, shame around yeah. money the same way there's, there's shame around sex, right? Like we're not allowed to talk about sex. Sex oh, is I'm dirty. Right? That, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we realized that. Uh, no, but, but in, in reality, right, there's so much shame around sex, around what, you know, oh, are you allowed to be this sexy? Are you allowed to, you know, sleep with people who you're attracted to without having dated them? Are you allowed to be express yourself in any orientation that you're inspired to or desire to in that moment. 
there's all this shame around uh, sex and it keeps us trapped. It keeps us oppressed. And it's our job, each of us, everyone who's watching, to have those courageous conversations, to look at the darkness that society said is unwelcome. And then we've internalized that into our own belief system as like, oh, that part of me is bad. And it's our job to consciously look at that and bring that to the light and realize that it's all welcome. You are whole and complete. Though There's beauty in those parts. And I believe the same thing has to happen for money, for that conversation, to look at what is our relationship towards money? What, do we, what does it mean? What do we view it as? How do we use it? How do we align ourselves and relate to it in a way that we can use it to live a more fulfilled life for us and to help other people do the same? Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful of that. So, like, a lot of this, I, f- I feel, um, I, I, I guess, oh, I can't really think straight, probably, what I, but what I want to know is, where do, where do you get your confidence from? Like, what, what changed you over the, over the years to, to feel like that you have the value that you, to live the life that you want to? Like, I, I see a big difference between people who are living a life that they love is it's it's a lot of confidence within them and and where did where did that come from was it uh, was it through uh, like doing something or was it somebody something you've read or uh, mentors you've had like what sure what's the biggest confidence builder you've had um since we're short on time i'm going to give three oh, yeah. little things wow. here <laughs> yeah, that so three little things confidence comes from competence Meaning when you get good at something, then you get confident in it, which yeah. means that when you start something, you don't need to be confident in order to start. In other words, people think that confidence comes as a, it, that, that confidence is a, is a prerequisite to taking action. Mm. I need to be confident before I take action. But the way it works is it's when I take action, then I become more confident as I continue to do that thing over and over again. So confidence comes from competence, number one. Number two is um, confidence comes from knowing that I can handle it. Right. That's it. Uh, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm confident, it's like I, I feel like I can handle it. That's it. Right. I, I can handle it. The reality is you can handle whatever happens. You'll be okay. Right. You take yourself worth off the line. You take yourself steam off the line. You'll be good. You can handle it. So I realized like I can handle it. Whatever happens, I can handle this. I'll be okay. And the third thing is that self-esteem comes from integrity, meaning integrity to the things that are most important to you. So when you live in alignment with those deeper values, your self-esteem goes up. And as a result, you become more confident. Um, that's Love all it. I got for you. That's awesome. Thank you for reminding me of that. Com- I remember seeing like a figure eight confidence, competence. Yeah, yeah, somewhere that's just triggered that. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. Where can we find out more about you, Jacob? Um, where do you want to send people to? Like what's going on that you want people to know about? Awesome. Yeah, so if you uh, just shoot me an email, jacob at com, and let me know what your biggest takeaway from this interview was, that'd be awesome. And uh, it's jacob at com. And you can also come on over to the website, sign up for the mailing list, and I send out crazy emails with opportunities like this to interview me every once in a while or for other ridiculous things. So, Helen, thank you so much for the great interview, and congrats on rocking it. Thank you. My first interview. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> All right. That was awesome. Take care. Good to see your face. So, yeah, take care. <laughs> All right. Likewise. Later. Bye. <laughs> Soul Sibling, thank you so much for rocking with us. I appreciate you and I appreciate that you're using your time and your energy toward making yourself a better person and the world a better place. So 
If you'd like to keep in touch, I'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast, and I'm excited to deepen our relationship, to get to know each other better over time, and to see how I can help you solve meaningful challenges and create your most fulfilled life. We've got a great community over here, and we run retreats all over the world. We've got people who connect with each other and support each other in living the most fulfilled life. And what I'd suggest for your next step is to grab a copy of The 12 Things Happy People Do Differently. It's a scientific-based approach to happiness, and there's a lot of great wisdom out there, but this in particular is researched back from some of the world's leading positive psychologists in the world, and it's super grounded, super practical, how you could do these 12 things that happy people do differently and rock it. The article's been shared over 100,000 times on Facebook, and there's some magic in there. So in order to grab a copy of that, you can go to thankyoujacob.com. Sounds simple, and it is. Thankyoujacob.com, and uh, grab that immediately, and I will keep in touch through personal emails that I send out a couple times a month and all that goodness. So for now, sending you lots of love. Keep it real. Follow your heart, but bring your head. Peace.